but you're, you're eating in a way that not only feels really good for you, but also allows you to do all the things that you want to do. Welcome to the Daily Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Mitchell, registered dietitian and personal trainer. I am so happy to have you here. My goal for this podcast is to break down the latest health topics and help clear the clutter in the messy world of nutrition and fitness. We hope to inspire, educate, and entertain all things wellness. We cut the baloney of the food shaming and focus on making healthy habits that work for you. Join us as we talk with experts in their fields on how to feel our best in our own body and mind. Welcome everyone. It's so great to have you here with us this week. Today we are going to talk about intuitive eating. And I wish there was a switch to turn on the mindset to ditch the diet culture and instantly start thinking and eating intuitively. One and done. But that is not always the case. And as intuitive eating becomes more and more popular, the principles become a little twisted depending upon which influencer you may see. And that is why I wanted to talk with registered dietitian, Lisa at Thoughtfully Fueled on Instagram. Lisa has been helping her clients navigate those little bumps in the road that tend to get some people stuck in their journey of intuitive eating. And as the studies show, intuitive eating is an extremely effective way to make peace with food and the body. Sometimes the path can be all over the place. Lisa explains some of the principles of intuitive eating and answers questions from, will I gain weight eating what I want? How to go from intermittent fasting to intuitive eating? How to deal with change? How to deal with those bad body image days? And so much more as she helps explain how to pivot in your intuitive eating journey. Join us for this conversation. Well, Lisa, it's great to have you finally to get in touch and connect with you. Can you introduce yourself and tell everyone who you are and what you do? Yes. So, so happy to be here. Uh, my name is Lisa. I am a intuitive eating dietitian and a weight neutral personal trainer. Um, and I do virtual nutrition coaching. So everything I do is online, which I absolutely love. Um, and it's kind of been like a COVID, I don't know, it's been born out of the COVID era, I guess you can say. I never imagined my private practice being all virtual, but this is where we're at in 2021. So I absolutely love it. And it's kind of surprising. <laughs> and tell everyone your Instagram handle. Uh, yes. So on Instagram, I am at Thoughtfully Fueled. That is the name of my business. If you Google that, my website, all that fun stuff will come up. Um, so people probably know me as Thoughtfully Fueled, maybe more than they do as my name, Lisa. <laughs> I love it. How did you come up with that? That's That's very clever. Thank you. Um, I was doing like the classic brain dump, like putting out all the words that I wanted or thought would kind of go with my business idea and started putting things together. <laughs> like No joke, just started pairing different words together. Um, and that one just kind of like flowed really, really well. 
And then I Googled it and no one else had it. So I was like, perfect. <laughs> yes. And I'm reading your IG profile too. And it's a dietitian who doesn't believe in diets, stop food obsession, enjoy movement, gain confidence. A fully fueled life starts here. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. What would you say is your main nutrition message? Yeah, so my real like goal out of everything is just to educate and inspire females to really break away from the norm. And I do that by kind of challenging them to look at their relationship with food movement and their bodies. Um, And I say break away from the norm because in my eyes, the norm is very diet culture-y, maybe they are a little bit more focused on specific sizes of bodies, things like that. So I'm really, really challenging them to kind of break away from what society tells us we quote unquote should or should not be doing. Yes. Um, You have a lot of posts, a lot of reels. Is there any one that really like sticks out that really uh, resonated with your audience? Yes. So there is this one reel that I have. It's my highest viewed reel. It has like over 450,000 views. And it's from like way in the beginning when I started my reels. I've never had a reel do that well since. Um, And it's all about kind of like intermittent fasting and waiting to eat after you've worked out. So in the reel, um, it's kind of like me talking to a fake client asking like, what time is your first meal or snack of the day? And they respond like, oh, usually like one or two in the afternoon, definitely after I've worked out. And my eyes go like big and wide because that's something that I ran into a lot when I worked in the fitness industry. And it it just really resonated with my audience because I think a lot of people either don't know what to eat or maybe can't work eat work eat right before a workout. Um, And that whole like intermittent fasting topic was very, very popular. So that one was a big success. (laughs) So how do you take people from intermittent fasting to guide them toward intuitive eating? It's hard. Um, It's really, really hard. And they have to be at a spot in their own journey where They're open to exploring other ideas. And usually it comes from they've had a situation where like things didn't go as they wanted. So most of my clients, um, most of my my followers are all active individuals. So I can really relate it back to a workout and say, how did you perform during that workout? Or how was your recovery after that workout? And that kind of sparks this light bulb like, oh, maybe if I feel before, during and after, Maybe if I tweaked my eating habits, I would be able to, you know, achieve this goal of mine. Um, And I use kind of their personal experience to help them realize that there's more to life than like following these little fad diets or intermittent fasting. But it is really, really tricky. And ultimately, the person has to be able to get there on their own, like get to that spot on their own. And then realize, oh, hey, I do need a little bit more help. Right. You have to give them that push. You can't make someone do that is what I find out too. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> they have to be, there's like this, this common ground where you have to meet in the middle. They have to be willing to accept help. And then you just have to be there 
kind of at the right time to help push them um, towards intuitive eating if that is their, you know, the path that they want to take. Now, intuitive eating can be, I would say, kind of a trendy word. And sometimes you get mixed in with dietitians to um, nutritionists that are not dietitians to the fitness world. So how would you define intuitive eating? Uh, I love that you brought that up because the whole like intuitive fasting thing was a craze for a while. Um, And I, I think you're right. I think a lot of people have like, latched on to that word because it is really trendy and when you to me when you are eating intuitively you have all aspects of health in mind so it's not just the food that you are consuming but it's your mental health your spiritual health there's so many other things going on but you're you're eating in a way that not only feels really good for you but also allows you to do all the things that you want to do so whether that be workout or run around with your kids or just get through a really long day it's kind of where everything comes full circle and you're allowed to live the life that you want to um, without any guilt or restriction what do you think is one of the maybe hardest struggles with food we'll talk about um, in regards to intuitive eating yes I think biggest struggle is the fact that all foods fit into your diet. That idea that no food is off limits, there's no quote unquote good or bad food, that is really hard for clients to kind of wrap their heads around. Um, And also I see when clients come from a diet background or maybe they've done a lot of diets in the past and they come to intuitive eating, since there is 10 principles, they follow those principles to a T and feel like they have to work their way through principle number one to then move on to two and three and so on. And they're really just more, I call them like tools in your toolbox. They're things that when you come to a situation that you need a little bit more guidance, you pull that principle out and you refresh your knowledge of it and kind of sit with it and then keep going. Um, But it's really hard to kind of give up and like not have that strict like checklist to follow. Um, Yes. I find that with people that I work with too, they're like, um, there's, can you just give me these restrictions? Like I need to follow this and this, tell me what to do. Uh, When you talk about the 10 principles, can you just, I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you brush over some of your favorites and just let people know what is included in those 10 principles? Yeah. So my one of my favorites is the first principle, which is reject the diet mentality. And this is where I have a lot of people start because it's the easiest step to start incorporating, regardless of like where you are on your journey. And my favorite way to do it is social media. Like look at your social media feeds, look who you're following, and then how do they make you feel? Like are they promoting a message that maybe you don't agree with? Are they posting pictures of their body also look at the types of bodies that you follow like there's all these things but I love to have people start there because you're able to kind of like slowly wade into the intuitive eating pool I guess you can call it without just like diving in um and then also I love the movement feel the difference principle it just kind of brings everything that I'm about into the center because 
as a personal trainer, I love movement. I love moving our bodies. I love everything that it does for us. But I also want it to be something that's super sustainable and that you can do for the rest of your life. Um, so I really like to challenge people there to rethink um, and kind of like reframe what they think of movement. So before it might have been X amount of hours in a gym a week, and now maybe it's getting out for a walk and listening to a podcast or something like that. Um, but I really, really like those two principles. Do you offer personal training with your programs or is it just focused more so on the intuitive eating? So right now I do not offer personal training with my program. It's been something that I've thought about and I just haven't found the right way to like incorporate the two. Um, So in the future, that might be a thing. I'm not sure. But you definitely have the education to, you know, give recommendations for certain movement and, and all the above. Yeah, yes. I just haven't. That piece of the puzzle is not <laughs> created. Yet. I totally can't. No, no, no. I'm just curious myself. So <laughs> No, it's a good question. So what is one message that you kind of have to keep repeating with your clients or with on within social media? Uh, there's. There's a couple. Um, I think the biggest one that kind of gets the most buzz is when I talk at health, talk about health at every size. So when I talk about the fact that like weight is really not a great indicator of your health status, um, people love that one, good and bad, but that gets a lot of conversations going, which I think is really, really important. Uh, just to have those conversations and have like a space to have those conversations. But that is something that I like to keep bringing up because again, it's challenging that norm of what society thinks to be true. Um, And then just the intuitive eating journey in general and how it is a journey. Like there's a reason they call it a journey because it's not something that is a step-by-step like you can follow and check it off the list as you go, it's something that really kind of like ebbs and flows as you adapt and grow as a human. Um, So just like reiterating that there's no right or wrong way to do this. um, That's something that I love to bring up time and time again on social media. And it sometimes can creep up a little bit too. Like you, you can be going really well and you're like, oh, I'm doing good. And then some something triggers it and then you like kind of take a couple steps back and you're like oh now how do I take over this obstacle right I always call those like the bumps in the road and it's really hard not to just like give up in that situation because it was going so well and then you feel like everything just like crash and burns at the same time um so like navigating those bumps in the road is something that I love talking about because it's so normal I see you have a blog post on the best way to deal with change. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So that came, actually, it was like kind of sparked by clients. They were all going through this like back to school fall transition, like whether it be kids going back to school, them starting new jobs, them going back to the office. Like I felt like I was just getting this question and this topic a lot. So I kind of broke it down and my biggest thing when it comes to change is you have to take it really, really slow, but you also can't forget about yourself during that process. So if you are someone who's 
maybe dealing with like kids going back to school and you're a mom or you have like other people who rely on you, you have to do one thing that makes you feel like you and figure out like what that thing is in that moment that's going to make you feel like you and make sure that you're filling your cup before you're giving to all the others. Um, but yes, that blog, and that was a very popular blog post as well, because I think just the timing of everything, people kind of like latched onto it. Yes, it is hard when you don't have time to do certain things, whether it's meal prep or for yourself or um, even grocery shop. I mean, sometimes that's hard right. to find it. So navigating right. the the schedule change. Yes, 100%. Yes. Now you have a program and uh, tell us how you help your clients. Yes. So my Thoughtfully Fueled Foundations program is actually my group program that I just launched um, about a month ago. And I know it's very exciting, <laughs> just about a month ago. And this helps active females really apply those intuitive eating principles to their lifestyle. And I am there to help them kind of navigate through their journey. But then they also have other females in that group who they can connect with, kind of lean on each other. Um, my favorite thing about groups is someone always says something that you never thought about and that like sparked this light bulb moment to happen. Um, and we keep the, the groups really small and intimate so they feel safe talking about all these things because as I'm sure you know, intuitive eating brings up a lot from the past. It brings up a lot of emotions that you have tied to food. Um, but I've just found that it's a little bit easier when they have other people to kind of like bounce ideas off of, um, and just lean on for support. So that is something that, again, I just started and I absolutely love it. The girls in the program right now are doing amazing and they're slowly, slowly working through those principles. And like I said, adding those tools to their toolbox. I love it. Um, some great posts here and you probably connect this within your group on body image. How do you, how do you teach people that? Because um, we can say positive things, but do we really feel it? <laughs> I feel like that can be right. a struggle some days. <laughs> right. And I feel like body image in general is a topic that my clients keep coming back to because I, I think it's harder than food in some aspects. Like it's so deeply rooted in all aspects of our life. And just like you said, we can say all these positive things, but that doesn't actually mean that we believe it. So I really push my clients to get to like the body neutrality point where you're not body, like you're not in love with it. It's not body positive, but you don't hate what you see in the mirror. You can respect it. You can thank it for what it allows you to do and really kind of like living in that neutral zone is so important. It helps you then navigate other aspects of your life and slowly but surely you will get more and more body positive. Um, but that's something that doesn't happen overnight. Like you have to work through and I always refer to it like as an onion, you have to slowly peel back layer by layer why you have these thoughts and feelings um, and kind of going back to that, like social media detox, I'm 
doing heavy air quotes for everyone listening. Um, but like going through your social media feed has a huge impact on that because what you see when you're scrolling has a huge impact on the way that you view yourself. Um, so I love talking about body image and that is probably a topic that comes up just as much as any of the others. I'm looking through a reel right now and there's three questions I always get asked as an intuitive eating dietitian. And the first one uh-huh. really hits a key point. Will I gain weight when I start intuitive eating? I get this question all the time. And my answer, I feel like this is the classic like dietitian answer. And it's always, it depends. <laughs> it depends. Your body is going to do what it needs to do. If that's gain weight, if that's lose weight, if that's stay at the same weight, your body's going to respond in the way that it needs to. Um, and I always, because I think weight is something that people get really fixated on. So I don't ever want to discredit anyone's, you know, weight loss goals or thoughts and feelings about weight, but I always just ask that we put them on the back burner and we focus on some other things, um, some, some more like positive habits or healthy habits that we can focus on. But I always put that weight loss thought or goal or belief just kind of on the back burner. Um, but yes, it's it's the classic, like, it depends. <laughs> yes. It's not our first problem. We need to fix the problem before, kind of, of just like food, nourishment, what sounds good, and all the above, kind of. And I think when you when I say to clients, like, we're just going to put this on the back burner. We're not saying that we can't focus on it, but we're just going to talk about these things first. I think once we get them to kind of take that initial step and focus on their relationship with food, movement, and their body, they get so focused on those goals and how they can change that relationship that the weight goal or the thought is just kind of like out of sight, out of mind, which I... I like. <laughs> that's that's a great way to put it. Um, I always like to think of intuitive eating, eating like a kid. And I, I see my kids sometimes, you know, maybe they have too much foods that aren't as nourishing and then they will have other foods. Um, and sometimes they'll leave the ice cream and I'm like, what? You didn't even fin it. And I'm like, oh, stop. No, <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> Yes. I know I always use kids as an example and say like just observe your kids eat because they are the best intuitive eaters because they are so in tune with their hunger cues they're able to listen and say I don't want any more ice cream or I need more broccoli or whatever it might be they're so in tune with their body's wants and needs that it's like kind of mind-blowing to watch as an adult <laughs> so yeah kind of relearning um to eat like a kid again What do you love about being a dietitian? I love the flexibility that we have to kind of pick the group of people that we want to work with. Like there's so many different avenues that you can take as a dietitian. um, And you can pivot, like you can do one thing and then you can do the next. Like we have so much diversity in our field that we can do all of these different things. Um, And I also love that there's, not a ton of us so when I meet someone who's a dietitian I get like so excited because it's something that I it's like a career I didn't even know existed until I was in college like I had no idea um so I love like 
educating others on like, this is what we do. This is how I get to help people. Um, because I like being the person to share that instead of them like being like, oh yeah, I know what you do. <laughs> and I say this a lot when I have other dietitians on, but like, I, I just like instantly connect with everyone and yeah, like, that should not yes. be a surprise to me. I mean, <laughs> we are similar people with, within our dietitian, dietitian realm. <laughs> Correct. And I feel the same way. I feel like there's this instant bond because you're like, oh, you're a dietitian. I'm a dietitian. And you just look like your best friend. I know. I know. I mean, even before talking, we're like, oh, we're both from the Midwest. We're not very far away. And we both went right. to colleges in Iowa. So I love even though you exactly. are, a, you know, a Hawkeye fan to me, that's like, but <laughs> I know we can still be friends. <laughs> I love it. Do you have any other last words or takeaways that you want to provide? I think the biggest thing that, especially like when I was going through my own intuitive eating journey, it's so scary to start because it's different than what everyone else is doing. And you kind of feel like a fish swimming upstream. So if you are at that point where you've had these like gut reactions to maybe diet culture messages or just certain things that are very embedded in diet culture, like follow that gut feeling and just explore intuitive eating a little bit at a time um, and know that you are not alone. Like there are so many of us in the space. So if there's anyone who feels like a fish swimming upstream, just reach out and know that there's so many other fish doing the same thing. Um, and that it's so normal to feel a little intimidated at the start. Yeah. And that's why they come to you for help. <laughs> help go the right direction. Uh, share again um, where people can connect with you and also more information about your program. Yes. So like I said, on Instagram, my website, um, on Facebook, I am Thoughtfully Fueled. On Facebook, I do have a free community called the Thoughtfully Fueled Community. And this is where active females can come and, again, just, like, support each other regardless of where you are on that journey. This is such an amazing and supportive group of women. Um, we have a lot of fun in that community as well. And then my Thoughtfully Fueled Foundations program there is one group underway right now. My next group is probably going to be sometime in January. I haven't set a hard start date for that one yet. But if you are, again, kind of starting out on the intuitive eating journey and need that solid foundation knowledge to kind of kickstart your own journey um, or help you if you're at that point where you're kind of stuck or hit one of those bumps in the road like we talked about, this program is designed exactly to do that and you will be paired with other women who are kind of at the same spot in their journey. So you can support one another through that. Um, that program is 12 weeks. So we get to spend so much time together. We get to learn a lot. I always say you'll probably share more things in <laughs> that group than your best friends know about you. And the women absolutely love it. That is wonderful to hear. And truly January, perfect time to start it. Um, and it takes 12 weeks. It might take longer, but at least that good 12 weeks will set that foundation in place for people to get a start of leading that direction. 
Right. And I always say 12 weeks goes by. It sounds like a long time. It goes by so fast. I bet. Sometimes I don't want (laughs) to let him go. I'm like, no. (laughs) I'm always like, we can just keep going. We can keep doing this. (laughs) I know. Um, I think that says something good, right? When you make those good connections with your clients. So Um, we will head into closing questions if you're good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, If you were on a TV show, which one would you be in? Grey's Anatomy, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've watched it start to finish three times. Like I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm a super fan. And now the new season is out. So like tonight, it's most Thursday when we're recording this, it comes out on Thursday. So I am like, I know. Isn't that like 20 years old or maybe, maybe more? Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's like 18 seasons or something (laughs) crazy like that. Do you have to watch another show to get the insides about, is that right too? I've just hearing. Yeah. Okay. They've started like, they've started doing like crossovers with other shows. So now like the characters from Grey's Anatomy are in, oh, I'm a Shonda Rhimes fan. Like she's the writer for Grey's Anatomy and I'm like, I will watch until they take it off the air. Like, I am fully committed. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, what is one food someone has said a dietitian eats that? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I have a love for ice cream, like a love for ice cream. But one of the more common ones that I get is I put creamer in my coffee and people go like, it's like mind blowing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like black coffee, so I'm going to put creamer in it and go on with my day. And I remember someone, like, watching me and being like, you're a dietitian. Why are you doing that? I'm like, does it taste good? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't stop laughing. That's a a new one. Oh, I'm glad it was different then. Yeah, I've gotten it, like, multiple times. (laughs) Stop in your tracks, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is your favorite feel-good food? I feel like now that it's getting a little colder here in the Midwest, I absolutely love like soups, chilies, stews, anything that's like warm and cozy. Um, that's my go-to right now because it just feels so, it just makes you feel so good. Yeah, that's that's a great one. It's kind of fun, fun fall food. Uh, yeah. Last question, best or latest book you have read? There's two. I love to read. Absolutely love to read. I have a list of books on my phone. And I know they make, like, my clients have made fun of me for this. They're like, they make apps for that where you can, like, store your books. I'm like, yeah, I just, like, I'm old school. I like to type it out and know which month I read it. Anyway, um, I read The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It's by Taylor Jenkins Reid. So good. She has a couple other books, like she wrote Malibu Rising. But yes. The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is okay. so good. Um, and then I'm a big Colleen Hoover fan. So It Ends With Us is phenomenal. Great. I'm going to have to put that in my Goodreads, by the way. That's what I use. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the app that all my clients like, you should use this. And I'm like, no, I just really like the note. Like, they laugh at me when I pull up the note, and I'm like, look it. They're like, there's an app for that. I'm like, oh. oh, too funny. 
Thank you so much for your time. It was fun to get to know you. Thank you so much. Sometimes we need a coach to help us along the way. And I can see Lisa helped so many of her clients get a clearer picture in their intuitive eating journey. It was wonderful getting to know Lisa and hear her passion to help others as a dietitian. So go check her out on what I think is one of the best IG handles at Thoughtfully Fueled. And a good reminder, by surrounding yourself with positive and helpful messages from dietitians like Lisa, this will help you navigate your own food journey and make the process smoother. That is it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining me on the Daily Dietitian Podcast.